Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty After Dark. I'm your host, Calvin Timms. You can find me over on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin, and you can find the Dynasty After Dark Twitter channel, X channel, uh, at FF at wait, FF After Dark. Um, trying to get used to the new Twitter handle, X handle, whatever it is. But I'm going to be talking to you guys today. Welcome back. We're going to be going through preseason week one and some training camp news for all 32 teams. And, you know, we've been I was planning on putting this one out on Tuesday. And I think next week with with week two um, of the preseason recap, it'll be coming out on Tuesday. But Wanted to put it on Tuesday, but we had the Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott signing, so go and check those videos out if you haven't heard about it just yet. Um, I give my thoughts on both of the signings and try to give a little bit more of an in-depth analysis on both players and what it means for the teams around them. So go check that video out. And while you're over there on YouTube, on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you're there, if you can subscribe to the channel, it just helps us out there. And if you can leave a like, comment, subscription, or like and a comment on the video, thumbs up, whatever, it just helps us with the algorithm and gets us out there to more people. We've grown a lot this off season and we appreciate it. And a lot of that is due to people like you talking about the podcast to your friends or, you know, liking and checking out more of the videos. So we are rolling through the off season and we are getting closer and closer to week number one. And we have preseason week one in the books, and I'm going to go through all 32 teams, all 16 games, and just give a quick, I'm going to try and keep it brief. Um, We're going to try and hit, you know, 30 seconds per team, one minute per, uh, per preseason game. That's the goal. We'll see how quickly and how concise I can be on this, but you know, you'll be along for the ride with me here, but then we're going to try and keep it brief and just talk about some of these guys. And then we'll, we'll try and hit some different players next week or follow up on some of these storylines. But I think there's a lot of development that's happening with the off season and the preseason right now. And you know, it's going to have big implications on your dynasty rosters, your redraft rosters, and some of the players that we've been excited about all offseason long, they're going to be, you know, there's going to be some risk with them. And, and, you know, there's going to be some potential reward with some of these players as well. So quickly, let's jump into the, we're going to start with the Houston Texans and the New England Patriots. They won 20 to 9, I guess, if you care about the preseason scores. Um, on the Houston Texans side, I think the the one thing I want to mention is CJ Stroud. He was the starter, only four passing attempts, two of four for 13 yards and an interception. And people are kind of down, um, you know, on CJ Stroud. Oh, he, he did not handle the rush and the blitz and everything like that. But this was the Patriots. And I know the Patriots kind of keep it a little bit more vanilla and bland in the offseason. But Bill Belichick is not going to pull any punches whatsoever, even against a rookie. And I'm sure that in training camp, they talked about trying to really pressure uh, CJ Stroud as the, the rookie quarterback that he is. And Bill Belichick has been known to just absolutely destroy rookie quarterbacks in the league throughout his entire career. His defenses are just some of the top, most complex in the league. So don't panic about CJ Stroud. They got whooped against the Patriots. I think next week they're going to get him a little bit more playing time and we'll see in week two what he's able to do with a little bit more playing time next week. Now on the Patriots side, um, Mac Jones did not play. Some of the other starters, Ramondre didn't play. A lot of the receivers didn't play as well. 
Um, I think the biggest thing was we saw a lot of uh, rushing attempts in this game, you know, especially for a team that lost, um, you know, 20 to nine, they were down most of the game and they still ran the ball heavily. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the impact in, in season, but the one player I wanted to shout out here was going to be Pierre strong jr. And I get it. He played a lot with the twos. He's not the number one guy. They bring in Ezekiel Elliott, but I do still believe that Pierre Strong is going to be a good player for this team. It might not necessarily be in 2023, but in 2024, I could see him being a much bigger part of the offense. And I think that he's just someone that needs a little bit more time to develop, but he had three targets in that, uh, or three receptions um, on three targets in this game, and he also had six carries. So he was getting used a lot with Bailey Zappi out on the field. You know, Kevin Harris also had eight carries, who's another running back there in the room to keep an eye on, but he had no targets whatsoever. And, you know, his eight carries led to 10 yards, whereas Pierre Strong had six carries for 21. So I just want to keep Pierre Strong in your mind because I do think he's going to be someone that is going to be noticeable as time kind of goes on here. Now, going to jump over to the hot box, the the number one talked about player this entire week, it feels like, and that's going to be the San Francisco 49ers versus the Las Vegas Raiders. And, you know, Trey Lance started in this game he did not play with any of the number ones and he did not look the best. Um, I will admit that even as a Trey Lance fan, he did not look the best 10 of 15 for 112 yards and one touchdown box score wise. It does not do justice to what he actually looked like on the field. He had the touchdown <laughs> hit the hands of a defender bounced off them in the end zone into a tight ends hands and turned into a touchdown. So should have been an interception, but turned into a touchdown instead. Then he had another pass that was dropped by a defender, hit him right in the hands, and should have been another interception, but you know ultimately didn't count because he didn't bring it in. Now, Trey Lance has gotten a lot of flack this week, and I've put out some tweets or X's or posts or whatever and just kind of talked about this a little bit, but I do think that it's a little unfair. Trey Lance is a raw player, and this is going to be my 30-second spiel on Trey Lance. He has not gotten a lot of playtime, and he's not getting a lot of playtime with that terrible offensive line. It was an awful offensive line. You're going to see a lot of people out there talking about how he had one of the highest you know, time to throw the balls, but they're including from snap until when he got sacked, and a lot of those were scrambles and rollouts where he's running away from a defender. That offensive line, if San Francisco does not, if they get an injury on their starting offensive line, they might be screwed. That's the number one take. Takeaway I saw from this game. Um, Trey Lance just did not get a very fair shake. And then it was a little frustrating to see that Sam Darnold only had eight passing attempts in the second half. And, you know, they they really went heavy with the run game in the second half versus Trey Lance. It was, you know, 15 attempts to, I think, three rushing attempts when he was out there as a starter. So a little bit frustrating, but all the people that are freaking out on Trey Lance, I think it's a little premature in this kid's career. 
he's going to be just fine. We got to remember that he's very, very young and he's a raw player. So we'll see what happens with Trey Lance. I would not be shocked if they don't trade him away, but you know, it is what it is at this point. We just got to wait and see and see if he can get a little bit better as time goes on. Now on the Raiders side, this is where it gets a little bit more interesting. You know, Josh Jacobs is still holding out for the team and has not had any news whatsoever on signing that franchise tag he might not sign at all if any of these running backs were to completely hold out it would be Josh Jacobs he's the one that I feel like is the most serious about holding out to get a good contract now I would put that at like a 10% chance you know maybe 20% chance I think ultimately he's going to come back but from this game I think the biggest takeaway was Zamir White is actually a decent backup to Josh Jacobs he's not the same level of talent but he was looking very good out there with the twos against the San Francisco twos right but it's still a good performance and you know The Raiders also don't have a great starting offensive line with their ones, right? But the fact that Zamir White had 13 carries for 43 yards and a touchdown was impressive. And I think that there are good things. If you invested in Zamir White last year, I think you're going to get paid off this upcoming season. He's a very valuable handcuff in my opinion, and I think he's the number one handcuff for this team in case Josh Jacobs goes down. All right, now going into the Chiefs versus Saints, and the Saints pulled out the win in this game 26 to 24. And, you know, again, I don't know if you care about preseason wins or not, but obviously the Saints are here and ready to play. But for the Saints team, I think the biggest takeaway for me personally was the fact that. I guess I have two. One, A.T. Perry, I think, is going to be a steal for a lot of people out there. This guy, I think, is going to be very, very good for this team. And the fact that he had six catches for 70 yards on six targets for a touchdown as well. You know, the Saints have been needing weapons for a long, long time. A.T. Perry was someone that was in a lot of circles talked about. You know, some people liked him as a potential day two pick, you know, second, third round pick. Um, He fell to round five, I believe, um, five or six. But I just think that this kid has a lot of potential. And on a team that really needs weapons, I think that he is a potential sleeper. The other thing that I want to keep in mind for this roster and from this preseason game is, man, it is crazy to me that James Winston is still not a starter in the in the NFL. I think that this guy is better than a few starters out there. And the fact that he's still a backup for the New Orleans Saints is absolutely wild to me. The guy had he was 11 of 13 for 92 yards and a touchdown. Um, I know it wasn't against the ones, but still, man, I think that James can still play. And it's just crazy that he's he's fine. Just rolling as the backup so um just a little bit interesting there now on the flip side the kansas city chiefs um if you're looking at some noticeable takeaways i think the number one takeaway for me is that you know they pulled Sky Moore pretty quickly in this game. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes was out there. He only had two passing attempts, one rushing attempt. I think he was out there for one drive, if I remember right. Um, and then they pulled him. 
Sky Moore did not play very much as well. You know, you have guys like um, you got Noah Gray out there quite a bit. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is out there with the twos quite a bit. Uh, Rasheed Rice, Justin Ross, the two players that people are very excited about. They played a lot longer. Sky Moore is the number one guy that should be looked at. Um, Him and I do believe the fact that... um, Oh, Isaiah Pacheco didn't play at all with this team, with the starter, you know, or with the twos. Um, It's very good signs for those two players specifically in terms of if you're banking on them. I think that it's going to be good for you this upcoming season. You're getting them kind of cheap, in my opinion. And I think that the return on those two players is going to be massive. So that's my takeaway from the Kansas City Chiefs side. And, you know, we'll see how as the... uh, as the starters start to play a little bit more, if they do in these next couple of preseason games, I wouldn't be shocked if by preseason week three, you see a lot more starters out there. But yeah, there's going to be teams like this next team we're going to talk about who don't start anybody the entire preseason. And that's going to be the Los Angeles Rams, right? So the Rams and the Chargers played each other. Makes sense, you know same field same stadium no travel time it's it's super easy for a preseason game number one takeaway for the rams though is i think stenson bennett is that dude and i know my co-host uh dale does not believe in stenson bennett never liked stenson bennett but you know i never said that stenson bennett is going to be a stud for the nfl but i do think that he's going to be a quality backup player And he showed that in this game because he had 17 of 29. He played most of the game. And I think he's going to play a lot of the preseason, to be honest with you. Um, He's going to ultimately secure himself as the backup to Matt Stafford. And 17 of 29 for 191 yards and a touchdown. Now, again, it's not against a bunch of starters for the Chargers side, but, you know, I do think that Stenson Bennett is going to be the number two guy and he's worth a shot in your dynasty league. There's not going to be much again to take away from the Rams this entire preseason, but you know, we got to take what we can get from the playtime that some of these guys are getting. Now on the flip side, the chargers, the biggest takeaway for me from this game was, and the, the preseason kind of talk and rumors is Quentin Johnson. He had two kind of bad drops in this game now they're being over exaggerated in my opinion like they were not easy layup catches where he's one running wide open and you know nobody's even near him and he just concentration drops it right the one drop that everyone's talking about is it hit him in the hands but he had a guy kind of hanging on him the entire time and um, I think the other one was near the sideline and he you know threaded it in in a needle right but it was another kind of contested catch there now everyone's gonna say oh why was it contested yeah because none of the best players out there ever catch contested you're right you're right justin jefferson never has a contested catch it's a stupid argument you got the quarterback throws the ball where he throws the ball so you know the players got to go and get it no matter what so i do think it is a dumb argument we saw this with and i do think it's a little silly that a lot of people are talking about oh well jamar chase dropped a lot of balls in preseason Quentin Johnson is not Jamar Chase. I like Quentin Johnson a lot, but he is not Jamar Chase. So um, just keep that in mind. But on the flip side, with Quentin Johnson, three catches for 10 yards on six targets, so 50% catch rate again. Not not great. Two, two drops in there. But 
touchdown as well. They used him in the short yardage red zone work, and that's where I think he is going to be a monster this upcoming season. And yeah, it's going to be fun to watch Quinn Johnson. So, you know, maybe this will give you a buy window on, on QJ, but I think that it's well worth it if you can go and get him a little bit cheaper. All right, we're going to keep it going here with the Eagles versus the Ravens. And one of the most miraculous things here is the Ravens were actually able to continue their <laughs> their crazy win streak for preseason games. 20 to 19, barely scraped by, but man alive, that streak is nuts. I don't think they've lost a preseason game since the Joe Flacco era is what I heard. And that is just absolutely wild. But for the Ravens, I think the number one takeaway for this and with training camp, you know, kind of incorporating both pieces into this, Zay Flowers might actually be that dude for this team. And I'm a guy that really likes Rashad Bateman, but it's looking more and more likely that Zay Flowers might just be the number one option for this team and he's quickly kind of establishing himself as that obj has been pretty good in practice so far but you know for being a rookie wide receiver zay flowers played 10 snaps in the entire game and it was very early on uh they got him out of there really really quickly and that is absolutely wild to me because as a rookie only getting 10 snaps means that they trust him a lot for this team you couple that with the amazing practice reports that zay flowers is having and he might legitimately be the steal of this upcoming draft so zay flowers is looking like a very good potential steal for this team um, but it's just a a name to keep out there and keep on your mind so as we're moving through on the flip side the Philadelphia Eagles um, they had quite a few players they didn't start many starters in this game and I think the number one takeaway is Rashad Penny played a lot in this game and you're going to see a lot of talk about him uh, this week probably and you probably have heard and again I, I want to get this one out there a little bit earlier next week and you know we're, we're going to be rolling into more training camp games tonight by the time you're listening to this but you know Rashad Penny was playing into the fourth quarter we're going to see if that can continues there's a real chance that he doesn't make this team and I get it you know oh it's a fun name former first round pick but Rashad Penny has not been able to stay healthy and he's been good usually when he plays but they did not commit anything to him in the offseason only a million 1.1 million or so dollars for a one-year contract and Rashad Penny playing into the fourth quarter of a preseason game is not a good sign for him. So, you know, I am glad I was actually able to sell Rashad Penny earlier this offseason for a second in a few leagues. If you can get out of Rashad Penny for a third at this point in time, I would 100% be taking that because at this point, Rashad Penny, we know what he is. He's not proven that he can stay healthy at all. So I'm 100% out, um, but, you know, just buyer beware with the Rashad Penny at this point in time rolling on to the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Dallas Cowboys joint practice this last week we're going to talk about two running backs here and this is why it's kind of interesting um (laughs) you know on the Jaguar side, I have one of my, probably the biggest video I've done for this channel was the Tank Bigsby versus Travis Etienne video that I put out. And, you know, I was talking about in that video how 
I thought that ultimately Travis Etienne would finish as the number one running back for this team. And since that video, I have kind of, everything has been a positive drumbeat for Tank Bixby, more than I anticipated him to have ever since then. But um, Tank Bixby in this game, nine carries for 52 yards. He busted off a 34-yard run. He looked a lot better than Travis Etienne, averaging 5.8, you know, 34-yard run will help with that. But, you know, Travis Etienne busted off a 13-yard run, but he had five carries for 22 yards, which means he had four carries for, quick math here, nine yards, which is not great. So um, I, if I'm a Travis Etienne owner, I am very worried at this point in time because I do think that Tank Bigsby is going to be utilized primarily as the pass catching back. He's much better than Travis Etienne in that regard. And if he continues to look like he's looking, carrying the ball, this this group of owners or, or this group of coaches did not draft Travis Etienne. They have no ties to giving him a ton of usage on this team. You know, he's going to have Trevor Lawrence pulling for him and he's, he was good last year. Not great, but good. Um, I do think that I'd be a little bit worried if I'm Travis Etienne, but yeah, it just for me, it just means that Tank Bigsby is going to be a massive steal in your rookie drafts. He's someone that's still going in the late second, mid to late second in a lot of rookie drafts. So just seems like someone that seems like he's going to pay off very quickly uh, for Dynasty. Now, on the other side, the other running back I wanted to talk about was going to be Deuce Vaughn. Now, Deuce Vaughn is an interesting player. He had eight carries for 50 yards and a touchdown. And this guy's tape, man, is so ridiculous. But he also had three targets and three catches um, was for six yards. Not great there. But, yeah, dude, he... He's so small. He's five foot six, 178 pounds. So he's a thick little meatball running around out there, but he looks so tiny, even in the pads. Like he almost looks like a cheat code in Madden where someone shrunk a player down. That's what Deuce Vaughn is. And it terrifies me for fantasy football because I have said all offseason long, he's a very, very, very good player. I predicted him going to the Cowboys back in March um, because his dad was the scout for the, the Dallas Cowboys. And it's an amazing story and all that. But I said back in March, I'm not betting on Deuce Vaughn for fantasy because he would be the outlier of outliers. And I don't want to bet on that. He might prove me wrong and make me look like a fool because dude has been tearing up camp. Um, and he, I think legitimately he's so small that it makes it hard for him to get seen by the defense. And he's legitimately slipping through holes on the, the, that the offensive line is making. And he's, he's just popping up and he disappears. Like he disappears in Houdini's his way for like five, 10 yards all the time. So Deuce Vaughn is someone to keep an eye on. Let's see how he kind of continues to do this this week in the preseason and going forward. And he's someone that, again, I could definitely be eating my words very, very quickly on this player going forward. Now, going over to the Jets versus Carolina Panthers. And the guy that I want to talk about in this one, very clearly for the Jets, is going to be Zach Wilson. Now, if you're not watching HBO uh, Hard Knocks, the Jets are the team for uh, Hard Knocks this, this year. You're getting an inside look on a lot of Aaron Rodgers, a lot of Aaron Rodgers. But 
With that, you're also getting to see a little bit more Zach Wilson and everything like that. And I had a pretty popular post last night on on X, Twitter, whatever, about Zach Wilson. And people just seem to love, just like with Trey Lance, people love to hate on some of these guys. You see it with Fields, you see it with Lance, you see it with Zach Wilson. You don't really see it a ton with with Mac Jones or Trevor Lawrence as much because they've kind of proven it a little bit on the field. Zach Wilson gets a lot of hate by a lot of people, and I think it's a little bit unfair. This kid was drafted extremely young. He was 21, I believe, 20, 21 when he got drafted, and he was expected to save this franchise. The Jets have been bad pretty much my entire life, my entire football fandom. They've been bad, right? They drafted this kid and put the entire world on his shoulders, and you know people just gave up on him instantly because he wasn't able to live up to what the expectations were and I honestly believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to save this kid's career he was phenomenal in this game 14 for 20 for 123 yards and a touchdown and he was very good he moved the ball well and he looked pretty sick in those green uh, New York Jets those very very green Jets rosters so something to keep in mind but yeah I, I thought it was pretty good by Zach Wilson, and I do believe that he's going to have a lot of potential moving forward. Now, on the other side, for the for the Carolina Panthers, I think the number one takeaway for me for this team is I am very scared for their offensive line, and especially for Bryce Young's health. Um, it is not looking good that they were able to pressure him as much as they did. I know that they only had one sack officially for nine yards but man they were getting to Bryce Young a lot I am shocked that they only credited them with one sack um because dude it was they were just getting to him almost nonstop, and it scares me a little bit again when you have a outlier of a small quarterback and this is my entire fear with Bryce Young he is someone that scares me when he's going to be taking hits from these monsters like Quentin, Quentin Williams, right? And if you're going to be pressuring this guy this much, it's very, very scary. So um, the, the Carolina Panthers need to get this line in order and quickly, and hopefully they can do that because Bryce Young looked very good when he had time to throw. He was 4-6 or six for 21 yards, you know, not not amazing there, but they didn't have all their starters out there and everything like that. But I do think that, Bryce Young can be very good. Like I've always said, he can be very good. Not for fantasy necessarily, but I think that he can be very good for the NFL. But man, this this Carolina Panthers offensive line needs to get to work, and they need to get to work quick. All right, now we're at 26 minutes, and we're about halfway through, so I'm going to keep going. Um, well for this will be the last one so we're after this one we'll be halfway through and um i will get the other half and we'll drop this here on friday um unfortunately i wasn't able to get to all of them again i think that this will be the 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 format going forward is we're going to do two recaps all of the all the teams you know trying to keep it pretty quick i'm going a little bit over 30 seconds per team unfortunately i'm trying man i'm trying there's a lot of teams out here there and it's hard to talk that fast too it's crazy but you know we'll we'll cover the chicago bears tennessee titans and maybe i'll get to the other half on friday um if not you know next week i'll be getting them out monday and tuesday and we'll kind of recap them a little bit earlier in the week but 
Tennessee Titans versus Chicago Bears. And the number one takeaway for me for the Bears, Justin Fields is about to ball out, boys. It's, it's going to be crazy. He's going to go absolutely nuclear for fantasy football. And it's hilarious. Again, I talked about this with Zach Wilson a little bit and Trey Lance and, and um, this whole quarterback class, right? These guys just get so much hate. There's nothing that they can do. And it's like, what what do you want him to do? He had three of three for 129 yards and two touchdowns. He had negative nine air yards. And this is what every, every Justin Fields hater is talking about right now. Well, they were all screens and they all took him to the house. Okay. Last year, he couldn't do that. They didn't have the weapons for that. So, you know, last year he wasn't able to do that. He could not pass the ball like that. And, you know, now it's bad because he can do that. It's like, what what do we want from this player? You know, like, come on, guys. We have to be consistent here. That's all I'm asking for is just a little bit of consistency. So um, the fact that he had negative nine air yards, you just can't win when you're, when you're talking about Justin Fields. So, um I think it's a little silly and a little dumb, but my biggest takeaway is Justin Fields, it seems like they have weapons, like legitimate weapons for this team now. They've kind of figured something out schematically as well. We'll see if it kind of carries into the actual NFL season, but the Bears, man, they could be very disgusting. Justin Fields with his rushing ability, and if he can pick it up like we saw at Ohio State with his arm, oh my gosh, this team is going to go nuts. They are going to go absolutely nuts so um yeah justin fields man he's he's the guy he is that dude now on the other side i think that it's a little interesting to talk about some of these players the the i guess i can talk about it it it, the news did drop today um Traylon Burks got injured in camp. He tweaked his knee, LCL strain. Luckily, he avoided an MCL or an ACL or anything like that. Hopefully, it doesn't get any worse, but he's going to be shut down for the next couple of weeks. And I do think that without him, you know, they didn't play DeAndre Hopkins. They didn't really play any of the starters. Malik Willis and, and Will Levis had a competitive battle for the backup role Malik Willis is probably going to be this the backup to start the season but I do think that Will Levis is eventually going to get there I think they're going to run with three quarterbacks for most of the year so you know I, I don't think they're they're going to deactivate either one of these guys or send either one to, to uh, the practice squad or anything like that so we're going to be able to see how this develops but the backup quarterback job is going to be interesting a lot of people just gave it over to Will Levis but Malik Willis showed he's a little bit more than what people kind of thought, you know, with the rushing ability that he has. And he was a little bit better through the air, 189 yards on 16 attempts, an average of 7.6 versus the 6.1 average of Will Levis. But, you know, I'm a little nervous about this team without Traylon Burks and the weapons, the weapons that are behind these guys, I think kind of stink. So, that scares me quite a bit from a fantasy perspective, but you know, it is what it is at this point in time. So yeah, the Tennessee Titans are an interesting team to watch. I think that the AFC South is wide open for people to go and grab, but you know, we needed to see something. So yeah, that is the last of the games that I'm going to cover here today. There's going to be more. And again, we're going to jump into preseason week two. We'll recap all those as well. We'll get them out earlier next week. I appreciate you guys checking this video out. I'm not going to take too much more of your time. But again, if you can, just follow me on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin. If you can hit us up on Twitter 
X, whatever, at uh, FF After Dark or TDC underscore Calvin and the Dynasty After Dark YouTube channel, Facebook, all that stuff. So, so all the social medias, we're out there. We're out there for everybody. And uh, hopefully next week for the preseason, we can maybe get Dale back on. Try and keep it pretty quick again. But uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of news out there. And we're trying to keep you guys up to date on all of it. Because again, there's going to be some amazing values for some of these players. And I want you guys to be able to get in or out early and you know i'm giving my my assessment on it but you know i've been wrong in the past so you know i'm not saying that i'm going to be 100 percent right but i will say that i have a better track record than most in terms of you know identifying the problems and this probably comes from me being an engineer right but uh identifying the problems early and, and moving on quickly so um that said let me know your thoughts again on on youtube on twitter and uh until next time thank you guys so much for joining me have a good night